Welcome to Armor Strong Podcast. My name is Gabriella Armour, and today I have Zach Woodward. Zach, tell me a little bit about yourself um, and kind of what you do and what you're doing working with athletes in Orlando. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I am a independent personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach. Um, have started off as an athlete, got my master's in kinesiology, um, got into strength and conditioning with various colleges, sports teams, and that sort of thing. And have since moved out to kind of create my own brand, the Athletic Transformation Project, where I work a lot with a lot of athletes coming back from knee injuries, ACLs, MCLs, meniscus, that sort of thing, to try and help them get back on the field as quickly, as safely as they can. How did you come up with the name Athletic Transformation Project? <laughs> um, that's one I've been working on a lot because I like the name, but obviously a little bit of a mouthful. Um, but I like the idea of the, the transformation. So coming back, not just kind of to their previous 100%, but trying to help athletes get back kind of better than they were after an injury. So to really have somebody come back looking like a different version of themselves, a better version of themselves, that's the goal. Um, so that was the kind of inspiration behind the, behind the name. I kind of like the ATP because it thinks that like, you know, you think of energy and kind yeah. of energy expenditure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. As long very as good play on words. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit about like your background and like where you went to school and then how you think um, or what you think the biggest hurdle has been starting your career and kind of getting to where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. So like a lot of people in the industry, like I got, I have a kind of athletic background, got started um, just kind of in the gym, trying to work out, become a better athlete. So I just remember um, the days back in high school, like somebody's going to work out in the gym before like our first period class and just trying to um, learn how to improve the body, get bigger, get faster, get stronger, become a better athlete. Um, so I was a soccer player. That was my kind of main sport, my main background. Um, I went to play soccer at Florida Tech, a Division II school down in Melbourne, Florida. Um, and that was where I kind of first got into strength and conditioning as well. So I was um, broke my ankle my freshman year in college. Um, and so that was a kind of big challenge, kind of set me back a lot um, kind of playing wise. And so I had a, a very challenging time getting back to physically 100% and then kind of mentally like feeling like myself again as an athlete. Um, and so kind of went through a lot, learned a lot about myself with, through that process. And in the process of trying to fix myself, come back stronger, that sort of thing, got into the entire realm of dealing with injuries, coming back with injuries, like how do you kind of heal? How do you come back? Um, and so got down, started diving down that kind of entire rabbit hole, ended up um, becoming what I do now. I was originally there as an engineering major. Um, and the more I kind of got into this, I got to work with the strength and conditioning program there um, and ended up transferring to UCF where I got into exercise science and then eventually kind of pursued a master's in kinesiology. Um, from there, I've been able to be lucky enough to have uh, work experience at a lot of different places. So I was got to help out with the strength and conditioning program at Florida Tech, but then also at Rollins as an assistant coach. I got to coach some teams here at UCF. Um, I've worked in the private sector some and kind of now eventually branched out into doing my own thing. Um, in terms of like biggest challenges getting started, I guess there's there's a lot. I don't know. So my timing wasn't the best. So I started branching out on my own, doing my own thing uh, right in the middle of COVID. So it was fortunate <laughs> that at least like down here in Florida was a little bit more lenient, but I started yeah. doing things out at the local park. Like I had a little sled that I dragged around in my trunk, a couple of dumbbells and that sort of thing. It was 
was training any and everybody that would that would show up and kind of listen to me and give me the time of day. Um, and so from there, started working with just whatever kind of ailments and stuff like that people had to were trying to overcome. I actually remember my first client that I had out at the out of the park was was quite a story himself. He'd had a corrective surgery to like fix a bow leg where they the doctor oh, wow. actually broke his leg, readjusted it, put it inside of a cage with like rods and screws and that sort of thing. Um, and had been like immobilized for several months and had had quite a uh, challenge himself, like trying to come back from that. So he had a lot of pain, yeah. from obviously having rods sticking in and out of his leg and a lot of knee pain in the other leg. So he was the very first person I got to work with in this, uh, <laughs> this kind of journey. Um, but it was fun. If you can do that, you can work with anyone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that was, that was a good time. And from there, just kind of grew one person at a time, just trying to help whoever can come with me and eventually um, was able to expand into the, the facility that I'm in now in uh, Winter Park, which is where I based most of my practices out of currently. Nice. Awesome. So um, I want you to kind of tell the listeners what specific style you mostly, so you said you mostly work with knees um, and like, you know, soccer athletes, that kind of whole realm, but a little bit more into like um, what you specify in or what your specialty is. Yeah. So um, I've been fortunate enough to learn from and be kind of mentored by uh, like Ben Patrick, the knees over toes guy on kind of Instagram and social media. Um, so I've been able to kind of fortunate enough to meet him and train with him in person and kind of pick his brain about a lot of his kind of philosophies, obviously has a big background in, in knee stuff and that sort of thing. Um, and so kind of built a relationship with him and kind of built a skill set around a lot of the kind of ideas and practices that he uses. Um, and so as I kind of built that just started to attract more and more people that are coming off of knee injuries and that sort of thing. And it's just kind of built from there. First, you have somebody who has kind of knee pain and then you have someone who has an ACE, like an injury from a little while ago. And then you have someone who's a little bit fresher off of stuff. So that's just kind of how it's kind of built and snowballed on itself um, in terms of. I guess like scope of practice or labeling or things like that. Like I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I'm not a physical therapist or doctor or anything like that. Um, so I tend to help athletes or whoever with that kind of last stage of the recovery process, like the return to sport process, um, it's kind of what, what we call it. So we'll work with athletes at various stages um, coming off of their injuries and that sort of thing. Um, but we tend to supplement or complement um, traditional physical therapy in the early stages. And then we help with the more kind of advanced practices later on as they're trying to get back to full sport activity, stuff that's a little bit more intense and things like that. Yeah. So a little background about Zach and I, we met at UCF within the Rec and Wellness Center. And then um, I was actually on Zach's podcast um, over the summer last year. And so we chatted briefly about, you know, the like bridging the gap between, you know, his role and then the role as a physical therapist and how that correlates. So Zach, what would you say would be the thing that you wish you could say to a physical therapist, like before you see their patient or the athlete and like the continuation of care? Mm, well, in terms of like, like handoff, like that sort of thing, like, yeah, like, okay, that's very, like what sorts of things are you like looking to see or like what information, like, cause do you ever communicate to any of these kids like prior PTs or anything? Definitely not as much as I would like to, like I've tried reaching out to some and some like I have better relationships with than others and that sort of thing. But a lot of times it is just kind of like, 
a trade-off like you've done with the physical therapy office like thanks for coming see you later and then like now you're with this guy like hoping he can get you the rest of the way um, good so luck honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so honestly that communication piece would in general would probably be the biggest thing just to get more of a background from the physical therapist perspective obviously the the client the athlete will come in and tell you what they've been like what they've been doing how it's been going but that communication piece i honestly think is is probably the single biggest thing um obviously within the physical therapy route itself like the majority of practices are kind of insurance based and so you guys can be often constrained by the amount of time that you can work with someone the things that you can do and that sort of thing um so there does seem to be kind of a gap between that clearance from physical therapy to full-on return to sport activity in a lot of situations. There are some places yeah. that do it very well, but in general, kind of industry-wide. Um, and so that's where you're seeing some other coaches. Um, and that's where I try and fit in is like to try and fill that gap. And so, yeah, the biggest thing would just be to help have more relationships with people in that um, space just to make that transition, that handoff, something that's a little bit more seamless to have a kind of clear route for athletes have somewhere to go rather than just be cleared, but no, they're not quite a hundred percent yet. And just trying to figure out on their own, like, how do they make that jump? How do they make that transition back? Um, obviously we know the re-injury rate with a lot of these injuries is, is very, very high. And I think that could be one of the things that could help. Yeah. Super sure. high. Yeah. So just to like, start to have more of that, bridge out there be something where there's a clearer route like a more well-defined route for like okay you've done your six months of physical therapy but we know that an acl is traditionally an eight to nine month process what do those last couple months look like beyond just a packet that the physical therapist has maybe given you to try and complete on your own with whatever kind of standards that you're going to try and do that without anybody to hold you accountable so just can we create more of a bridge for communication both ways from us to them and them to them to us, I think would be really helpful. Cause at the end of the day, it's the athlete that ends up kind of getting stuck in the middle or kind of falling through the cracks when we don't have yeah, that. Um, exactly. So I think that would be the biggest thing. Nice. Um, so I always get this in the clinic, which I always think is so funny when I'm teaching someone how to do a squat, obviously like, you know, we use a little bit more conservative route to start and then we'll progress it as tolerated. But, you know, they're like so afraid to have their knee <laughs> have the translation of the tibia go yeah. over the toe. Yeah. Obviously, like most of your training is that and, you know, research and all that tendon health. So important for that anterior translation of the knee um, for patellar tendon, quad tendon, all that stuff. Like when someone comes to you and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't I can't put my knee over. toe." What's your explanation? Like because yeah. of the specific work that you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fortunately for me now, um, most of the people that are coming to me are either kind of referrals have heard good things or they're seeing me on Instagram already. So they're already introduced to all the weirdness that, that we're going to get into. So it's not as much of a surprise. Um, but some of the easiest conversations to have with maybe like a parent or something like that is that look like these are positions that you're going to get into in everyday life. And especially with sport, like something as yeah. simple as going downstairs. Like if you pause halfway through that movement and look down, you're like, oh, my goodness, the knee, the knees past the toe to like the shin is translated forward. And especially with anything athletic, anything that's involves cutting, change of direction, change of direction, accelerating, like one of the things if you get into track and field, trying to run fast. Like one of the things they specifically talk about is that the lower you can drop that shin to the floor, the more quickly you can accelerate. Cause every like thing, everything is projecting you horizontally rather than vertically. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So we know these are positions that you're going to get into. So rather than avoid them, we want to be as strong as possible in there so that we can be as safe as we can. Because if we never introduce them in training and then they're expected to go do them in sport, that's when people become vulnerable. So if we can train them in a very safe, controlled environment, get that to be something that they are strong in, something that they are comfortable in, it makes it much, much more natural. It reduces injury risk quite a bit when they go and then are asked to use those positions in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, we, we work the whole time trying to explore new ranges of motion and the strength, but like you said, strength through the range of motion is the most important thing. Yeah, throughout absolutely. absolutely. Um, okay. So I guess my next question for you, um, based on your caseload and kind of, you know, your day, your daily in and out, what would you say is something that you offer that people can't find elsewhere? Hmm. Um, I mean, to be honest, the, the methodology is probably one of the things that's that's the most unique. Um, obviously, someone like Ben Patrick, all the ATG, all the knees over toes stuff is stuff that's gaining a lot of kind of popularity, but it's still something that's that's fairly new, something that's relatively unorthodox. Um, as far as people that are like... Tr- um, trained in the like exact skill set and actually kind of certified in the exact skill set that I have. I know I'm the only one in Orlando and one of probably like two or three in all of Florida. Um, And even within that, there's kind of a range of what people practice. So I think I'm Mm -hmm. one of the few that have taken that and apply it specifically to this kind of return to sport kind of practice protocol. Um, So that's one of the biggest things. Like, obviously I'm very proud of the, like the results and stuff like that that we get as well. Um, that to me is always going to be the most important thing beyond methodologies. Like we can argue kind of theory and practice and methods like all day long, but it's the, the results that we're getting for our athletes that are the the most important things. And so that's something that's, I also think is unique as well. Um, I tend to kind of tell people or talk to people that are reaching out online. Like we work with a lot of the, the problem children, the problem childs that have been to had two or three operations, had two or three physical therapists and just things are stuck for whatever reason just not getting results that they want to like that's when that's the time and place to like okay so we've tried these routes can we maybe explore something different and those are the people that we tend to specialize in working with the most yeah now question because i'm really not sure do you see like anyone outside of that you know like teenager sort of athletic to maybe like early 20s do you see anyone like in their um like middle age oh yeah 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 Absolutely. The, the athletes are the ones that kind of get all the, all the spotlight and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. We, I have a lot of people that are reaching out, like I did my ACL 10 years ago, or like I've had knee pain for however many years and just want to be able to play, pick up basketball at the Y and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we definitely do a lot of those as well. The athletes tend to like the, the spotlight and the camera and everything like that. So they're much more uh, willing to yeah. do that sort of thing. So that's all you'll see more of that stuff. Um, but yeah, we definitely do that with um, with other populations as well. Cool. Um, so you started when again? In 2020, right? Yes. So kind of end of 2020 or like kind of fall of, of 2020. What for this year, for 2023, what do you think um, or like what sort of goals do you see yourself achieving within this upcoming year? Wow. I know I'm getting deep here. Sorry. I know, I know. You're good. No, it's all like, right. What's on the horizon for Zach Lippin? So, yeah. so a, a couple of things. One, um, I'm starting to bring in um, other people, like other coaches into the facility to start to kind of expand what we're able to do here um, to not have it be a one man show. 
Um, and to that point as well, we also like have been, have a kind of one-on-one -on -one remote coaching program that we do for kind of an online option as well, just because there's only so many people that can come to Orlando, Florida for, for training. Um, so expanding both of those to be something that are really kind of well-refined, well-respected in kind of the industry, like selfishly, personally, my goal is to establish myself as one of the best at this very specific kind of niche field. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Something that other people can look at of, look, if you have this problem, like this is the guy to kind of go see. Um, and that's where, that's where we're trying to kind of take the brand and take the service and in all spat in all aspects and what we're doing kind of in person, like be able to systematize that and kind of train, show other coaches how to apply this with their athletes. Um, and then as well as getting some of those same results with people all over the world, not just people face to face kind of here in the gym. Yeah, definitely. So if people want to follow you, your Instagram is Zach Woodward ATP. And yes. then what's your podcast? The Athletic Transformation Project podcast. Just because <laughs> no exactly. Not enough syllables in there. We needed a few more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And Absolutely. I really just kind of like getting some insight from you. And um, for the listeners, I always message Zach and try to ask him a few questions because again, as a physical therapist dealing with patients with knee pain, we have a certain way to go about things, but also, you know, function is the most important and getting the patient back to doing their daily activities plus more. So, you know, the importance of that continuation of care, transferring from in the clinic to real life, I think it all has such a place and the relationship between a PT and strength and conditioning is definitely a bridge that I think should be a little bit more um, crossed over. I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> it should be a little bit more mendable. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm always happy to chat. Very much appreciate you having me on the podcast. I always um, look forward to the opportunity to learn from somebody who's certainly much more educated and much more, more versed in this realm than I am. Um, just a lowly no. strength coach and so <laughs> no. try and take that and apply it as much as I can. So always happy to, uh, to chat with you, Gabby. I do have one more question. Yes. In this past week, what is something new you have learned? Ooh, in the past week, I'm terrible with these. Kind it can of be anything. Doesn't have to be related to career or whatever. Gotcha. you, got you, got you. I'm like always terrible. Fun fact, random. I've so I am. I've been looking at Costa Rica as a place that I've always wanted to travel to very much. And so looking at like timelines and stuff like that. And I did not realize that they have a like rainy season from April until like almost all the way in December. Um, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, it's very long. Um, so that is something that, that I didn't know that if I do plan on going, may have to uh, plan accordingly. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I don't know that either. So yeah. thank you for that. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> all right, Zach. Well, thank you so much. And it, again, listeners, if you want to follow Zach, I'll put his information in the description and yeah, take care. Thank you so much for having me.